0: If you are listening to this episode and there are wide reports that Christians have disappeared, then continue listening. You'll hear some important things and learn what you're in for. If you are listening to this episode and Christians have not disappeared, I hope you listen to the full episode to find out about a time that will be the worst this world has ever known. Now this is episode 697. This is going to be a very different episode than others. We're going to jump right into this one. So, the Bible talks about a time when things will get really bad on the earth. There will be pestilence, famines, economic and political turmoil, and more. It will be a time like no other in history. But before that happens, Christians will disappear. It sounds like something out of a sci fi movie, but it is very real. The question is will you be here when it gets that bad, or will you be one of the believers who have disappeared? If you are listening to this before that time happens, There are things you can do now to make sure you survive that time. If you are listening to this after Christians have disappeared, there is still hope, but you have to know and be prepared to weather a time like no one else has ever experienced. Where Did All the Christians Go is an episode that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I've asked my friend, author Mark Goodwin and host of Prepper Recon to share his thoughts on the time when Christians disappear. We bounce off of his books, The Days of Noah and The Days of Elijah. Now, there's a little bit of a buzz when Mark talks because he was on a landline. I did try to remove it, but it seemed like more of a disruption to hear the buzz coming in and out than to just leave it by itself. But either way, this is a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it is a blessing to you. Hey, Mark, welcome back to the Prepper website podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. It's so good to be back on with you, Todd. So have you been, it's been a while since we've talked. have you been? What are you up to nowadays? Uh, yeah, uh, I've been great.
1: Um, and after 11 years of prepping, I feel like I'm still scrambling to get prepared for what's coming. You know, we bought a, a homestead three years ago, and that's just been one project after another. Uh, this year, just recently, I got, uh, I got a generator. Uh, of course, I had to get all the, the, the connections for that. Um, a chicken coop and, and chickens and, and bees and you know and all of those items have multiple steps involved in getting them ready and a, a big uh, learning curve and then of course we've got we've got really heavy dense clay soil here so I'm trying out some new crops that uh, I'm ho- hoping are going to do a little bit better in the in the, in the clay than than last year um, plus growing up buckwheat which you know hopefully could be uh, food for the chickens, and then they've got really nice little flowers on them so so that's uh that's good stuff for the bees too.
0: Well, that's good man. you uh you're you you're right there with a lot of other people where <laughs> you know me included, where we're looking at all the things and it's like um, we think we're prepared, but then there's always more that we realize that we can do because the world is absolutely nuts, absolutely crazy. So yeah, what it really it, is. <laughs> I wanted to bring you on to talk about a topic that was the basis for your series, um, The Days of Noah. And this is like a bunch of books back. I mean, you've written a lot of books. Uh, and maybe before we, we uh, end this uh, this episode, you can tell us a little bit about what your, your new project is. But um, a lot of books back, The Days of Noah, a great series. And then really, I want to talk about the follow-up. To that series because you wrote the Days of Elijah. Now, can you tell us a little bit about that plot line and and why you wrote it?
1: Sure, uh, the Days of Noah covers the period of time leading up to the rapture, and I had just thought because um, I, I read Tim LaHaye's series and and really really liked it, really enjoyed that uh, the Left Behind series, um, but uh, I, I felt like you know they started at the rapture, and I thought, man, there's I I don't think it's going to be like that to where, you know, everything's just hunky-dory and great the day before the rapture. You know, I, I think that we could be in this really, really rough period of time where you have pandemics and stolen elections and, 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 uh, conservatives being, uh, uh, imprisoned indefinitely, uh, and, and, and that kind of thing before the rapture and that, you know, maybe the church looking at it like sort of like a, a, Uh, left behind type series might think that, um, you know, I really don't have to worry about anything. So uh, the, the series main protagonist is Noah Parker. He's a public school teacher who who learns the hard way about going against modern day woke culture. He's arrested on hate speech charges for daring to mention creationism in the classroom. Uh, I wrote this story in 2014. So back then It had a lot more shock value than it does now. People didn't think such a thing was possible in America seven years ago. Today, I don't think anyone would bat an eye over a teacher being taken to jail for teaching creationism. And then from there, the story follows the steady rise of an absolute totalitarian world government and those who resist. And like I said, a lot has changed in the seven years since I wrote The Days of Noah and the subsequent series that you mentioned, The Days of Elijah. So I felt like I needed to write a new in-time saga. And last year I put out the beginning of Sorrel's trilogy, which also covers the time period leading up to the rapture. And it's written from the perspective of DHS agent Joshua Stone, who has a unique view
0: of how America is co-opted into the global order. And in writing that, so long ago, and I didn't even, you know, we, we talked a little bit before we started recording about how time has, has just flown by. It feels like it. I didn't realize it was 2014. I guess I should have done a little bit more research and, and looked at that because to me, it felt like, man, it was just like, you know, maybe two years ago. It's been it's been a while. A lot of people would say that was very, very prophetic. And it, actually, a lot of your your books tend to look to what's going on in the, what's happening, right? I mean, it feels like what's going on right now. And then maybe even a little bit into the future. So um, yeah, some people would say, man, it's uh, really prophetic, but at the end of uh, the book of Noah, right? The days of Noah, um, something happens, the rapture happens. And then um, your book ended. And I was like, man, I'm like, I wanted something more. And I think you started, you started hearing a lot of that from some of your readers. And then you went into writing the days of Elijah. So tell us a little bit about that book, because that's really where we're going to focus the rest of this time.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, as, as I started getting further along in the, in the story, and I had two, two, two parallel storylines going on, um, between Noah and, and Everett Carroll, who was a, uh, uh, cia analyst and uh with his job he he started sort of getting some clues about what was going on and i started thinking you know there's a lot more to be said so i should probably leave this open and make sure i've got somebody uh left behind to to sort of live out those last days just in case that's something that, that folks want to hear about and i did and i got so much feedback some from, from readers that said you know you got to keep this going we I, we want to know what happens now because in my mind, when I started writing it, I thought, well, you know, uh, LaHaye and Jenkins have done such a good, good job with, with Left Behind um, that, that I, I'll just leave it there. Uh, I didn't want to redo what they had done. Um, but then I, I didn't at all <laughs> redo what they had done. I, I wrote it from a completely different perspective. And I, I think that theirs is probably uh, much more civilized. Than anything we're we're likely to see in, in reality, and so uh, and so the days of Elijah um, attempts to like you know more accurately portray the sort of the, the horrors of of what that
0: time period is going to be like. So what, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast episode with you, and it's always been on the back of my mind, is there might be a time after the rapture that people start to ask questions. And they start to wonder where have believers gone? Where have the Christians gone? Where where did you know Aunt uh, you know Mary go? Uh, you know she'd always talk about Jesus and church and all that kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden she disappeared. And so for those that are listening definitely before the rapture. I mean, we're going to be talking about some stuff, and maybe even if you've never heard some of this stuff, could be possibly uh, really scary for you. I mean, if you've never really looked into it, but it's all, I'm going to tell you, it's all, it's all there in the Bible. But for those that are listening to this after the rapture, and I'm chuckling a little bit, but that, you know, my, my frame of mind, I guess where I'm going is, there might be people that start to look up, hey, where did Christians go? Um, if you're listening to this, then you will have an idea of what is going to be in store for you. So before we jump into that, Mark, tell us a little bit about about what is the rapture and why we should care. So
1: the the word rapture comes from the Latin Vulgate translation of 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. And the root word there is rapio, which means to catch up or carry away. And the King James uh, Version reads, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord of the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's that word for caught up. The Greek word there is harpazo, so in the original language, that's how it would have been written. And so people who tell you the word rapture isn't in the Bible are just parroting something they heard somebody else say. It's no different than most other church doctrine, uh, particularly those that surround eschatology. People are just too lazy to do their own homework or actually read the Bible for themselves or or actually, you know, get something like a, like a sword and, and and go back and and, and look at the the original Greek or the Hebrew or whatever. Um, In this modern day and age, there's just no excuse for it except laziness, because everybody has access. But they just parrot what Dr. Such-and-Such or Reverend So-and-So thinks, whether it has anything to do with what's in God's Word or not. Uh, So uh, devout adherence to the timing of the rapture, they often fall into this category. People have studied the subject for themselves, usually see a significant margin for error in their own interpretations. In John 14, Jesus says, I'm the truth, the way, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So because of that verse, we can be very dogmatic about the fact that Jesus is the only name under heaven by which we might be saved. Muhammad, Buddha, Bill Gates, they can't get you in. Only Jesus. However, we don't have a verse like that on which we can hang our hat for pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath eschatology. 1 Thessalonians 5 says we're not appointed to wrath. The section of Scripture is dealing with the end times, so I don't think it's out of context to apply it to the timing of the rapture. I think we're out of here before the really bad stuff hits, but Jesus warned, in this life you will have tribulation. Um, I also think the story of Noah tells us about God's character. He saved Noah from the wrath uh, through the ark. Likewise, he pulled Lot out of Sodom before utterly destroying that city. Uh, Jesus used both of these examples in the Olivet Discourse when speaking in the last days. So I think post-tribulation is probably sort of a, a, a hard sell when you're talking about rapture timing. But... If listeners feel like they should be prepping for the full seven years, go ahead. Worst case scenario, you leave it behind to possibly be, be found by one of our tribulation uh, saint brothers
0: or sisters. So the rapture is going to be this time when God's people, uh, the true believers in Jesus Christ, are caught up into the sky uh, before a time of great tribulation hits the world or hits the earth. And so, when we talk about why should we care, those that are believers will be out of here, right? Whenever that time, and you you alluded to the to the fact of the time periods. There's a couple of different ideas of of time periods, um, and we can talk a little bit about that here in just a minute, but. We should care because there's going to be people that are, and you've said this already because of the books, left behind. There are going to be people that are left behind from those that are, are raptured. And that time period for those that are left behind, it's going to be crazy. So there. Are, before we move forward, there are a couple of terms that we can deal with, right? Pre-trib, mid-trib, uh, pre rath You've already talked a little bit about that. Do you, do you want to just... Uh, just give us another little recap on that really quickly? Sure, sure. Pre-trib people, uh, typically,
1: you know, and now, you know, within that, there's, there's different little schools of thought in in each one of those. But uh, typically, the wide view of the the pre-trib school of thought is that there's going to be a seven-year period. And uh, for the most part, they think that, that the the church is raptured out of the earth and taken away before that seven year period starts. Um, mid-trib people will think that, that the church is is out of here, uh, in the middle of that. So, um, there's, there's a, and, and, and we'll talk a little bit more. We'll get a little more in depth about timing and everything in a little bit, but, um, they think that, 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 that the church is out of here after the first three and a half years and then, and, then, uh, and then that's when the, the, the rest of the tribulation comes in. And then the pre wrath crowd, um, they're just they're more or less hanging their hat on that, on that, that verse saying that we're not appointed that, to wrath. And then they're also looking at the character of God. That, that took Noah and Lot out before he poured out his wrath on the earth and poured out his wrath on Sodom. So um, those, are, those are basically the, 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 that's kind of a 30,000-foot view of those three schools of thought. Yeah. Um, it, and you could, you could spend hours um, getting into the weeds of those, but you know, just for, uh, for our conversation here, that's a short answer.
0: Right. there's, yeah, like you said, there is so much, you know, every, you know, pre-trib has their, you know, ways that they can subdivide that all up. And there's, there's so many different ideas there. I think we both have the same kind of idea when it comes to the rapture. And uh, I've heard you say it many times. I've heard other preachers say it many times. It's uh, prepare for uh, or hope for a pre-trib rapture, but prepare for, uh, you know, a mid-trib or a pre-rath uh, rapture on that because we don't want to be so dogmatic that it has to be one way, and then we our theology gets all jacked up because it doesn't happen that way. You know, right. I always go, I always go back to what Corey Ten Boom talks about. Uh, and and she, I just recently saw this uh, pop up again on on social media. Uh, she visited the, the church in China, and one of the bishops that was there said, hey, tell the people not to not to just think about the, 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 the pre-trib rapture because they told us that we would be raptured, that we wouldn't face tribulation, and we faced a lot of tribulation. So I think there is this idea that we don't have to worry about going through really, really bad stuff um, because we're going to be out of here. And then those that, that when it, if it doesn't happen that way, those people's worlds are going to be rocked. What do you think about that?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's uh, there's pastors in Canada right now that are sitting in jail for for speaking the gospel, and uh, plenty of pastors in in uh, in California that have had uh, lawsuits and been threatened with imprisonment uh, for 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 opening up their churches uh, when it was perfectly legal to to operate a strip club or a, uh, bars. Um, but, uh, churches were deemed non-essential. So, um, it's here, you know, if you, you can deny it, stick your head in the sand, uh, but it's here and it's, it's, it's going to get a lot worse and we're, we're still here.
0: Yep. I I completely agree with you. I, I do think that it is going to get worse. Um, for believers, you know, I think it's gonna get worse for everybody, but specifically for believers. Um, I think there'll be pockets um, of of different places. We're, we're already seeing it. You already mentioned California. There's other places that are a little bit more favorable. Um, but I think we're we're gonna continue to to go down this route. So let's move a little bit uh, forward into, let's say the rapture has happened. And uh, we are, um, we are th- those who are believers in Jesus Christ are up in the, the air, up in the sky, up in heaven. We're, we're looking down. And the, the rapture has happened. What could those who are not raptured begin to expect in the days following the rapture?
1: Well, in short, uh, they can expect the wrath of God. And we see that all through the Old Testament, the, the wrath of God. And when the sixth seal is open, uh, which is in Revelation chapter 6, we read about a global earthquake. And that's the first time we see the word wrath used in in the Revelation account of of, uh, the tribulation or great tribulation. The opening of the preceding seals is when we read about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, These writers bring about sword, famine, and plague. Uh, These curses are nothing new for our planet, sword, famine, and plague. We've always had them. But what's ushered in by the four horsemen is certainly an amplified version. They wipe out a quarter of the global population. So we're sitting at about 8 billion people on Earth right now. So a quarter would be 2 billion or approximately six times the number of every man, woman, and child in the U.S. And then from there, things start to get really bad. The trumpet judgments bring about blood, hail, and fire falling from heaven, uh, much like we saw in the destruction of Sodom. Uh, A third of the sea turns to blood. Fresh water supplies are poisoned by an asteroid. Darkness falls on a third of the earth. Uh, Stinging locusts. Next, the vials of God's wrath are poured out upon the globe. And, And this is sort of the big finale Massive boils break out on the inhabitants of the earth. All the water on the planet turns to blood. The sun scorches people before it goes completely dark. Uh, we have a massive global earthquake, 100-pound hailstorms. It's going to make The Walking Dead look like an, a, a euphoric fantasy show.
0: Yeah, I was I was thinking about when you were telling when you're just going through all those things. I was thinking back on on the book on the days of Elijah and and how that all played out. And um, you know, when we when we read that in the Bible, it's almost like okay, this this is too much. Um, first of all, some people would would look at it and it's like okay, this is um, you know I, I don't know maybe I'm reading Shakespeare or whatever. You know, different people that would look at it that way, but other people that really start to study it. They are like, this is too much. This has never happened before. Um, what I love about the days of Elijah is it's, you make it very, uh, I mean, it's very clear that it could easily happen, you know, and it's, um, uh, it's not complete fantasy here. No, no, it's, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen just like that. So how long we talked a little bit about timeframes, but how long, will this time period go? So all the references to time
1: periods and revelation are, uh, you, either, you hear the, either hear 1260 days or you hear 42 months or you hear a time, times, and half a time. So all of those, uh, depending on, you know, the different, different ways of saying that, they all equate to a period of three and a half years. One of the references to 42 months is in Revelation 13, and it's talking about the period of time that the beast is giving authority. And this is also the chapter where we read about the mark of the beast being necessary to buy or sell. The only place we see a seven-year period is in the 70 weeks of Daniel. And we know from past prophetic fulfillments that these weeks represent seven-year periods the last of which has uh, not yet been fulfilled. And this is found in chapter nine, where Gabriel explains that the final world leader will make a covenant with many for seven years in the middle of the seven. He will break the covenant and set up the abomination of desolation in the temple. Uh, in my most recent series, I've, I've labeled that first three years, three and a half years as the beginning of sorrows and then the second three and a half years as the great tribulation. But, you know, like, like we've said, it's, it's fiction and I'm not trying to sell any particular viewpoint to anybody. uh, But that's just, uh, that's just how I read it. And, and, and I don't feel like I'm being insincere to the word uh,
0: by writing it like that. So to be clear, so those that are listening, Um, Just to be clear and to clarify, there's a couple of different time periods that we could be looking at. Um, If we go with a pre-trib view, then the time period after the rapture would be seven years. So the rapture happens and we could count seven years from there. If we are more of a mid-trib, you could count the rapture happens or I'm sorry, uh, uh, the, the, the 70th week of Daniel happens we count three and a half years into that. And then if it's a mid-trib, then the rapture happens. And then you have another three and a half years for that great tribulation, like you like you mentioned. If it's pre-wrath, yeah. we don't know exactly how, uh, we, we can't really nail that down as far as time, uh, but we know that it would probably be after the three and a half years uh, if, when that goes down. So we're not talking about a week or a couple of months here. We're talking about some years that, that are going to go down while uh, Christians are raptured that people are going to have to survive. And so the question here is is this time period survivable?
1: Uh, it's survivable. Um, we read in the Bible that people are still around to curse and blaspheme the God who gave them breath um, all the way up to the bitter end. And, and the lottery is winnable. People win every day, but lots of people don't win. Winning the lottery isn't a good retirement plan. And trying to survive the Great Tribulation is on par with that ambition.
0: So I'm thinking of people who maybe grew up going to church, people who... Um, maybe at one point we were very active in church and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And at some point decided, you know what, this is not for me. Or maybe they grew up hearing from their, their uh, Aunt Mary, like I talked about before uh, that, uh, you know, tried to take them to church, tried to take them to vacation Bible school, talked about maybe prophecy and the rapture and different things like that. And then they see that this thing has happened And all of a sudden their mind goes back and like, oh, my gosh, everything that those Christians said or everything that Aunt Mary said or everything that uh, that I heard at uh, Bible camp, you know, whatever, um, that stuff was true. And all everybody that I know that was a serious Christian, they're gone. And so here we are. And I don't want to go down the route of and you you mentioned taking the mark of the beast and going along that, that route. I don't want to do that. So I need, to, I need to be able to survive this time. So it is doable. We know that at the end, when Jesus comes back, and that will be the, uh, the, the, the next question, right? We can talk a little bit about that. Um, at the end of the tribulation, at the end of the seven weeks, when Jesus finally comes back and sets up his millennial kingdom, that there is going to be people that are going to inhabit the, the kingdom that are not necessarily going to be those that were raptured up uh, and and those that were that were believers. You know, there's going to be people that survive. But I I, I like what you're saying. It's not something you want to count on. Um, there's going to be people that uh, a lot of people are going to perish during this time because they don't want to go along with. Um, the, the the things of of uh, the evil one they don't want to go along with the antichrist um in in but they don't want to um you know they, they don't have a way to survive either yeah so, so how does it all end uh well uh like you just said it's
1: we get the final battle scene uh, that's armageddon and you know, spoiler alert: Jesus wins. <laughs> and then he rules with a rod of iron for a thousand years, and that's going to be in like Eden-like conditions. We read we read some stuff about that in, in Isaiah, where it says, you know, uh, a hundred-year-old person is a child, and people live, you know, the years of a man is like the years of a tree. So you know, trees can live for hundreds of years. So we'll we'll be in that that that. uh and that, that type of condition that, that the Garden of Eden was like. And uh, you know, we we'll, and it says in Isaiah that, that you know, no one will, will destroy on all of my holy mountain. So um for the vegans out there, I think that's that's good news. I, I think that uh I think that meat eating is over. Maybe we'll still have uh uh milk and cheese and things like that, but uh I, I don't think there's gonna be any death. So but I mean, I think you're going to have so many other good foods that you're not going to miss uh, a a good a good uh, steak, a,
0: a good a good meal, a good sit down, right? I mean, that's uh, uh-huh. we're all waiting for the 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 wedding feast of the Lamb. Uh, uh-huh. so definitely, the thing um, about the survivability of this time. Again, uh, your uh, your characters in uh, the days of Elijah. I mean, they, they go through a lot, a lot. And uh, I I love the fact that, I mean, it's very real as far as, um, you know, you don't start off with a group of characters and then completely end with those group of characters. I mean, there's a lot of things that go, you know, that happen, you know, in between those types of things, but there's no way because we're, I mean, this is the proper website podcast, right? We talk about being prepared and stocking up. There's really no way, to be prepared for that? I mean, uh, I mean, what do you see a way for, to be prepared? I mean, unless you have a bunker that you could go down and spend seven years down. I mean, what do you see? What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, for most of it, I mean, and it's, it's, it, it, it says in, uh, in Revelation six, they, they hidden caves, you know, because there's no, I don't think there's going to be any man-made structure that's going to, that's going to be able to endure being, being pummeled by hundred pound hell storms. And, and global cataclysmic earthquakes, you know, there's just there's there's no way to 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 really plan for for most of that, you know, and fire and and blood falling out of the sky, burning everything up and burning up crops and everything, you know. Um, in my newest series, uh, <laughs> the, the safe haven is Mammoth Cave because, you know, that's that's one of the few places you could really have. A whole lot of people have any sort of a, a, a chance of, of, of getting through this, you know, it's, it's, it's a cave. And, you know, and that's that's directly from
0: Revelation 6, they hid themselves in caves. So that would be really, if if you're listening to this and, and the rapture has happened, but you don't want to be a part of Satan's plan, that's the goal, right, is to get to a place where you can, there, there's some stocked up, ways to survive. But man, mean, I just can't even imagine. I can't even uh, think about how rough it would be uh, mm. that, that, that time. So if people are listening to this before the rapture, how can they miss or make sure that they miss all of the fun?
1: Well, you want to get that first plane out that we've been talking about. And uh, for that, you have to repent which means you have to stop doing things your way and instead start doing things God's way to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead. And repentance doesn't just mean saying you're sorry. Uh, If you keep living a life that opposes God, you're not really sorry. You're just looking for a magic prayer and a fire insurance policy. Now, doing things God's way requires that you know what God's way is. And in the apostate state of the, mo- the modern American church, which Paul, by the way, told the church in Thessalon- Thessalonica would be a sign of the end times, uh, the only way to get that information is by reading the Bible for yourself. Now, once you've done that, once you've read the Bible for yourself, uh, you need to get in fellowship with other believers. But, you know, if you know it, then you'll 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 have the discernment and the, and the wisdom that you need to get out and and find a, a fellowship of people that are at least not apostate. You know, we can look at at Revelations uh, two and three, where Jesus is handing out report cards to the various churches, and nobody really did all that good except the persecuted church. So, if you're looking for the perfect church, number one, the the, the perfect church doesn't exist. If you find it, don't go to it, because the second you get there, you'll ruin it, because it won't be perfect anymore. (laughs) Uh, But if you're looking for a church with straight A's, um, when Jesus is handing out report cards, it's that persecuted church. So a good place to find that church is China, uh, Saudi Arabia, North Korea. Um, If you're not willing to make that move to go to one of those countries— um, you're probably going to have to deal with uh, some churches that are getting some stuff right and some, some churches that are getting some stuff wrong. But just try to steer clear of the apostate ones that are uh, the ones that are selling the greasy grace theory that you know, uh, they, they, God loves you and he's going to save you and you can continue in your sin and, uh, and, and, and mock, mock the, the precious blood that was shed for you. Uh, by by using it as a license for lasciviousness,
0: Yeah, I think that's very well said, Mark. And we are living in a time where um, the, the church here in America, there's so there's some serious division right now. And I hear from people all the time, that they can't find, you know, with what, what I do on, with my uh, online church and uh, the messages and how I share those out. And and uh, I do a lot of cross sharing between um, my church, but also on, on Prepper website and even in the email that I send out on Saturday mornings and things like that, just linking to uh, the messages or the devotionals and, and, and out there. And I hear from a lot of people that just are in areas where they don't have any churches that preach the gospel and uh, I think it's, it's a great time that we're living in where you have uh, YouTube or video, you know, from all the different you know, places where you can, you can get uh, video and, and podcasts and stuff. I mean, I remember when I was younger and uh, a younger believer, and you would listen to Christian radio, and you're like, oh man, that's a that's a really great message. You would, you know, you would call in and or write in and, and get their DVD or their CD or whatever, their tapes. <laughs> How about that? Let's go back to tapes. You, you would get their cassette tapes and order that for $25 or whatever. And you get the series. And nowadays you have so much good stuff online and it's free. You just have to find it. You just have to know where to look. And you have to have that discernment like you talked about, um, knowing, you know, being in the word of God, uh, praying every day and being led by the Holy Spirit. I mean, Jesus said he was leaving and it was better. I always, always say this. How could it be better for Jesus to leave? I mean, you have the son of God right there, right in front of you, hanging out with you, multiplying fish, uh, multiplying bread, raising the, uh, the dead, healing the sick how could it be better? And it's, I'm going to leave and I'm going to send you one like me. And in that, in, in the, the Greek, it's not, it, it doesn't mean one similar, it's one exactly. And he says, the Holy Spirit will be with you and in you. And that's just for every believer. And I, we just don't realize what the Lord has done for us, giving us the Holy Spirit, giving us his oh, word, wow, yeah, giving great. us the ability to, to 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 pray and to reach out to him. And so now, now's the time to do that. You know, um, we're living in crazy times. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, church before we started recording. Is there anything on your heart that you just want to share about the state of things that are going on right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh I forget where it was, but there was a, a church that I went that I went to, and and you know, and they had this little sign, and when you're leaving the parking lot, it said you are now entering the mission field. Mm. You know, yeah. There's so many churches, and 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 I think, and I've seen that in more than one church. And there's a few churches where that that sign needs to be turned around, so that when you're driving onto the property, you see. You are now entering the mission field. You know, if you're if you're in a church that's at least not apostate, you know, maybe that church needs to be your mission field. The, the Chinese are praying that will be that will be persecuted so that the American church will be purified. Um, Rob McCoy is being persecuted right now, and he, he reads he runs uh, uh, God Speak Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks california and he's been sued and threatened with imprisonment and, and everything else and he's standing up against the the stolen election and uh and the the forced vaccines and the locks downs and and everything else like a good pastor should be um so uh you know that's a good one that you can listen to that's, that's still on. Some of them are still on YouTube. Some have been knocked off, but you can go to, to Godspeed Calvary Chapel. And it's got some other, other places where you can listen to some of his messages. But you know, when you're driving on to church, pr- pray before you go to church, you know, God, open my eyes, open, open the hearts and the ears of the people that I'm going to meet and talk to today in church, because this is my mission field. These are the people that need to hear the gospel uh, there's a lot of lost people in there for one, and then there's a lot of blind people, and there's a lot of a lot of people that have this this veil over their eyes that they just can't see what's going on. Because you know, you look at their lives, and they're doctors, and they're lawyers, and they're smart, and they're 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 you know they're they're doing things that 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 require a a, a, a fairly high IQ, so they're not stupid. And so why aren't they getting this? Because there's a spiritual veil over their eyes. And, you know, and maybe the Holy Spirit sending you to that church to red pill those people. And, you know, and you got to do it with grace. And then you can't throw your pearls before swine. So, you know, you talk to them, you see where they're at. If they reject you, they push you away. You know, Jesus said, dust the, dust the, you know, kick the dirt off your feet and move on. Go to the next guy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, don't give up on your church. You know, if it's somewhere you've been for a long time, if you're looking around, you know, try to find the best one you can, you can get, but you got to be in fellowship. You got to be around God's people. And there's a lot of people that love Jesus that, that have that veil over their eyes and, and they need to be reached. They need to be red billed.
0: Very well said. Um, can we talk a little bit about, before we end here, uh, talk a little bit about, preparedness from the Christian point of view. Um, I have have my my thoughts and my ideas. Um, Do you have, you know, would you mind sharing some of your ideas as far as um, Christians being prepared? Uh, Southern Prepper One just recently had a a video talking about Christians and preparedness. And he's like, you don't throw your your Christianity out when things, you know, when, when the poop hits the fan. And I've, I've said, I, I was so glad that he said that um, he's got a big following. I've been saying that for a while. I, re, I remember the uh, the article reading early on in Prepper website where someone said, you know, my mom, I've been telling my mom to prepare. And if things, you know, hit the fan and she comes she, uh, to my house, she's going to be met, you know, at the end of a, of a shotgun. I'm like, how can you possibly do that? That's not the Christian's way of, of doing things. Um, you know, wh- where do you come from on that? Do you mind sharing?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Paul tells Timothy, you know, if you don't provide, and this is specifically talking about taking care of, uh, of elderly parents and widows, uh, uh, but I think it can apply to your entire family, um, certainly your, your immediately family. Um, if, you don't, if you don't care for your own, you're worse, you're apostate, you're worse than an infidel or an unbeliever, you know, um, so you can't turn down your own, your your, your family you know yeah yeah you have to take care of them and you gotta and if if they if they're not getting on board or they're not getting on board fast enough you're just going to have to make provisions for them you know and you don't have to buy them uh canned fillet mignon you know and the, all the red feather butter and uh and the vega cheese and you know the the good the good stuff you know but you know, get them some rice and beans. You know, they don't have to, they don't have to eat like you do because you, you spend all your time uh, preparing and stuff and you tried to tell them and they, and they absolutely wouldn't listen, but you know, set set aside some rice and beans for them. That's, that's uh, you know, whatever, whatever you can afford.
0: Yeah. And and there's a lot of people that I know of that are doing that uh, just because, they realize that, and then they're older, and they have, you know, their kids have their you know kids, and so you know their grandkids and stuff like that. And they just they realize, you know what, I'm gonna have to prepare for my family because they don't see what's coming, and so um, you know we're that's just you know part of it. You you give up maybe going on vacations, you give up some of the nicer things that you could afford and do uh, because you see what's coming and uh, you're, you're wanting to take care of your family.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that you have to prioritize it. You got to do what you can and don't do what you can, you know, uh, wife, kids and, and parents. That's, that's first, you know, once you got that knocked out you know, then can I do a little something for, for my siblings and their, and their families You know, but if you can't, you have to figure out where you draw the line, because if you bring in people that you're not prepared for, then everybody's going to die. You know, so at some point, you you know, unfortunately, wherever that line is, um, there may be a point where you have to you have to pull out the shotgun. But I don't think it's with your own mom.
0: No, definitely.
1: But at at some point, you have to do that, because if you try to feed everybody, you're going to feed nobody.
0: Right right good stuff man um anything before we we end the this episode no no i really really appreciate you having me on hey so what's your i I know that we were going to talk about this right before we 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 end it what's your current project right now how can people connect with you
1: uh well people can connect at prepper recon that's my website um I do a, a, a weekly, uh, monthly podcast there. I used to do weekly, but it's, it's monthly now. But I do a, try to do uh, one a month. Um, and then all my books are available. Uh, there's links on Prepper Recon to, to, to buy the books. They're all available in Kindle, Audio, and Paperback. Uh, those are all on Amazon or Audible. Uh, for folks looking for an Amazon alternative, Carolina Readiness. Carries all of my paperbacks. So, what's what's
0: the your most recent book right now?
1: So, I just I just finished my Kingdom of Darkness series, which is the the so that's there's a, a you know a, a pre-rapture and a post-rapture three book series in in that. So, the the, the pre-rapture uh, series is called the beginning of sorrows, and then the rapture hits. And then of course you've always got some knuckleheads left behind that didn't want to listen. And, and they pick up where, where, uh, beginning of sorrows left off and they pick up with the kingdom of darkness series and the, the final, uh, installment of that series will be out July 9th.
0: Awesome. All right. Just around the corner. Perfect. Well, Mark, thanks so much for hanging out with us a little bit, talking to us about this important topic. I, uh, when I think about it, I think about your book, Days of uh, of Elijah, and how those characters went through it and what it could look like. I mean, of course, you, you said it. It is a fictional account, but uh, it just helps you to understand that it's not just going to be a walk in the park for anyone who is left behind. So uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we greatly appreciate it. We'll have to have you back sometime soon. Well, Todd, thanks so
1: much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And you know, if you love the, if you like the the, the days of Noah and days of Elijah series, you know, uh, I think I've come a lot, I've come along a lot in my writing, and it certainly uh, uh, incorporates the things that are going on right now because you know, so much has changed. Like I said, in seven years, that the uh, the beginning of sorrow series and the kingdom of darkness series, I think you'll really, really love those.
0: Awesome. I'm going to link to those in the show notes, so I'll link to all the books that we talked about. And uh, also to your author page on, uh, on Amazon. So anyone can check out all the other books, because you've got some really great stuff. Uh, I listen on Audible. And uh, I really, I, I, my here, I was like, I was ending the episode, but here I am going on. Um, my my trip to work is like ten minutes long, and so I absolutely hate listening to the audible books with just you know like ten minutes. Like no, I want to keep listening. You know, I always look forward to longer trips so that I can get a lot in. But a uh, lot of a lot of great stuff there, and uh, I love I I love what you do and your your writing. So uh, good job, and uh, just continue the good work, man. Well, thanks so much. All right, God bless. But once again, thanks, Mark, for sharing your thoughts on this crazy time that will happen when Christians will disappear. Hey, listen, guys, I told you this was going to be a different episode, so I'm not going to end with all the typical ending here. I'm just going to say that if you are interested in following me over at buymecoffee.com, then I've started posting things there that are uh, that I guess I'm not posting on social media. So I'd love for you to go and and follow me there or hang out with me over there. All right, with that, I'm going to say we'll see you next time. Stay prepped and aware. Peace.